Okay, good morning. How are we all doing? You're looking particularly gorgeous out there, looking very festive, loving the Christmas jumpers, the Christmas headgear. Very nice. Real life youth, it is so good to have you guys with us this morning. Um, I'm actually going to need some of you to help me out with a few things, so I hope you're up for coming up the front a little bit and doing a few things. Okay, here we go. If you don't know me, my name is Phil. I'm part of the leadership team here, and it is my absolute pleasure to be wrapping up our Christmas series today, um, which has been, as you know by now, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Now, if you've been here for the last two weeks and you've been here for the whole series, you may remember that two weeks ago, Melanie got us to do a stand-up, sit-down poll of our favourite Christmas foods, which I found quite enlightening, but a little bit disturbing that there are so many of you that don't like marzipan. Like, for me, that's the best bit. In fact, that's the only bit I want to eat on a Christmas cake. So, yeah, thanks, Char. Not the icing, though. Don't like the icing. Yeah. Um, And then last week at the carol service, Stuart did a stand-up, sit-down, would you rather, with, again, a lot of enlightening things I found out about you there. It's interesting. It's good. Liked it. So I thought I should probably you know, follow suit and do a bit of a stand-up sit-down. So I'm very sorry you've all just gone and got yourself a hot drink and a a mince pie, but I'm going to make you stand up in a minute, hopefully. Now, I don't know what it is about Christmas, but it seems to be the one time of year where it's socially acceptable to eat chocolate for every meal. Start in the morning. Put your hands up if you've got a chocolate advent calendar. Yeah, I actually don't. I like the picture ones. I'm old school, so I have one of those. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) But my kids and my husband have a chocolate one, and they all sit there in bed eating their chocolate first thing in the morning. Um, And then it basically carries on throughout the day for the whole season of Christmas. But when it comes to those Christmas tubs, you know the ones I'm talking about, for me there's only one. There is only one Christmas tub that is... is, um, I nearly said it there, (laughs) that is socially acceptable, and that is Quality Street. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know. Glad to hear that you agree. (laughs) Now, what I have discovered is everyone has very strong feelings about the chocolates in a Quality Street tub. Uh, They love them, they hate them, but they don't feel too kind of in the middle. There's very strong feelings. So I wanted to find out what you feel about Quality Street chocolates. So up behind me in a minute is going to appear, I hope, every Quality Street you will find in a tub. I want you to get in your head your top two. So what are your top two favourite Quality Street? And then when you see it appear on the screen, I want you to stand up for me and I'm going to see, you know, which one of you have got it right and agree with me. So here's our first one. I think this is our orange cream. If this is one of your favourites, stand up. Hey, one, two, three. All more. Nice. Good. Next one. This caramel thingy. Oh, got some caramel stuff. Oh, more. More. Oh, guys. More caramel. Okay, next one. I don't know what this one is. What is this? The hard toffee. Okay, yeah. Anyone? Oh, yeah, we've got one at the back there, Elijah, Hannah. Nice. Okay, next one. The... Wow, there's more than I thought with the toffee finger. Okay. Good, good. Next. This is mine. This is my favorite, second favorite. Love it. Well done. You're all right, by the way. Next one. This is my first favorite. Yes, Matt Bowen. Oh, and Katie, Jonah, amazing. You're right, too. The rest of you are wrong. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, you like... <laughs> they are not the best. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking it at the back there. Awesome. Next one. Fudge. This divides the crowd. I like fudge. Oh, only two. Only two. 
Oh, and Ruth, sorry I didn't see you there, lovely. Three. Have we got any more? Yeah, the green one. Honey, what? <laughs> okay, good. Any more? The toffee penny. <laughs> oh, the toffee penny is more loved than I thought he would be. Okay. And the last one, I think, the strawberry cream. <laughs> oh, oh. It's not. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> okay, that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm going to speak about today, other than it's Christmas. <laughs> now, in this series, we've been looking about how Christmas is all about Jesus, and when we know and love Jesus and have a relationship with him, we can basically have him and have Christmas every day. Now, sadly, I don't think this means we can keep our tree up and our fairy lights on our house, but if anyone wants to join me in a little festive challenge, can we keep it up for the whole year? I'd be totally up for that. Not sure if um, Matt would. Now, I know I'm probably not alone here, but at Christmas time, I love the food, I love the songs, I love the decorations, I love the lights, but on Christmas Day, one of my favourite things about Christmas Day is actually the presents. Anyone else think the presents on Christmas Day is the best thing? Everyone under the age of 18, yeah, (laughs) and me. Yeah, now for me, gifts is my love language. So they don't need to be big or really expensive, but I do love to see a pile of presents under the Christmas tree because I just know I'm going to get to open some, I'm going to get to give presents to other people, and it is one of my favourite things. Now I want you to think about the best Christmas present you can ever remember getting. Get it in your head, or one you certainly remember loving. And just very quickly tell the person next to you, what was your best Christmas present? Okay, let's just shout a couple out. What was your best Christmas present that you got? Nice. (laughs) Nice, okay. Books. Books. (laughs) Well done, Stu. Okay, we've got some good Christmas presents. My best Christmas present that I can remember from being young, I think I was, I don't know how old I was, probably about 10. Um, If you are my age, if you were born around in the 80s, um, you may remember a character called She-Ra, Princess of Power. Anyone remember She-Ra and He-Man? They were amazing. Well, one Christmas, I got bought a little She-Ra doll. I'm not, it wasn't big, but I'm not joking. That was possibly the best Christmas present I've ever had. Absolutely loved that. And I'm actually now really, really fortunate that I am married to someone who is a brilliant gift giver. Matt is excellent at buying presents. He's now feeling the pressure because I'm not sure he's bought me one yet this year. Um, <laughs> uh, but he is brilliant at buying presents. And actually, my kids are too. They're really thoughtful. They pick up on little things I say um, when I'm out and about, and they remember it. And then they buy presents really well. But they, as good as they are at gift giving, are not the best gift givers in the whole world, the whole universe. There is one who is the best gift giver, and he has given us the best Christmas present, even better than my She-Ra doll. The best gift giver in the world is God the Father, and he has given us the best Christmas present. Who can tell me what the best Christmas present we could ever possibly get and have been given is? This is the best Christmas present, Jesus, absolutely. And then Jesus was the best Christmas present because he came down to earth. He lived on earth for about 33 years. He spent time 
with people, healing people, saving people, delivering people. And then he completed his ultimate mission of going to the cross, dying for our sins so that we could come back into relationship with the Father. Three days after he died, he rose from death, he conquered death, and his mission was complete. And then he spent a week or so bit more, uh, on the earth with his friends, and he went back up into heaven. But when he went back up into heaven, he didn't leave us alone. He also gave us another amazing gift. So God the Father is an awesome gift giver because he gave us Jesus. Jesus is an awesome gift giver. And does anyone know what the gift is that Jesus gave us? No, you know, you saw me make it. Yeah, (laughs) the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Now, The Holy Spirit is an amazing gift that Jesus gave to us and is with us now. And that's exactly what we're going to unpack today. We're going to unwrap this gift over here. We're going to unpack it. We're going to look at the importance of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story, the importance of the Holy Spirit in the earthly life and ministry of Jesus, and we're going to look at the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how as followers of Jesus we can have the Holy Spirit with us every day. Now, I'm going to attempt to open this. Well, like I said, I like presents, so... Look at that. Oh, look how beautifully that came open. It's almost like it was planned. Now, the thing about the Holy Spirit is he has loads and loads of jobs, loads of things that he does. So he really is the gift that keeps on giving. So as we unpack the Holy Spirit, we find there's loads and loads of things in here that he is amazing at and that he helps us with. And what we're going to do today is look at some of the things that the Holy Spirit does Look at there, see, gift that keeps on giving. Now I'm hoping I'm going to get some volunteers up here in a minute who are going to come and open some of these presents for me. Amazing. There may be a little thing in there that you can keep. I know, right? I know. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to hang out in the book of Luke. You can um, open your Bibles to Luke if you've got it. We're going to look at chapters 1 to chapter 4, not the whole thing. Um, But I am going to jump around a little bit. So if you'd rather just read them up on the screen behind me, that's absolutely fine too. So we need someone. I need a couple of volunteers. I think I'm going to need two of you to come and open our first gift. Come on then, Arthur. Pick someone. Grab one of the boys with you. Going to come and open this for us. This is the first job that we see the Holy Spirit doing in the book of Luke. And it is um, right at the very beginning and it's in the Christmas story. So boys, we can open gift number one. I did have some scissors, but I've lost them. Should just pull it. There you go. Oh, amazing. Okay, you're so organized. <laughs> just nicked it. <laughs> right, boys, what have you got? You should have something in there to read. You should have something in there you can take away and share. If you turn it upside down, it's a bit easier to open. Turn it upside down. There you go. Just open that side. It's a bit easier. And then I would love one of you to grab the microphone off Stuart and read some, Read what's in there, and then the other one to read what's up on the screen. Go on, Arthur. You got this. So the first job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit outworks the will of the Father. Brilliant. He outworks the will of the Father. So, Caleb, are you up for reading something on the screen for us? We're going to jump to Luke chapter 1, verse 35. And Caleb is going to read it for us. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Amazing. Thank you. Well done. You can share those sweets out. Well done. Give the mic back to Stuart. Thanks, boys. Okay, so the first thing we see in the Christmas story is we are in the house of Mary. Mary has just been told by Gabriel that she is going to have a baby. She's a scared, unmarried teenager being told that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, who is going to um, ultimately grow up to be the saviour of the world. So the first job we see that the Holy Spirit does is to outwork the will of the Father. And this was probably one of the most important bits of outworking um, we see him do. And he was the same spirit then as he is now. His role hasn't changed. So what we see him doing in the Bible, we see him doing now. I'm not saying we're all going to suddenly go and give birth to the saviour of the world, but the Holy Spirit still outworks the will of the Father in our lives. So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day, God's will for our life should become our top priority. We make decisions about the jobs we do and the schools we go to based on what God has for us. We align all our decisions with this book, the Bible, the truth, the word of God. We seek God with what we spend our money on, what we spend our time on. We give our time to serving his kingdom, to following his will and his plans for us and to loving his people. So as followers of Jesus, it is both a privilege and it is imperative that we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day. So I just want to ask you, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to outwork the will of God in your life or are you following your own plans? Now, I know it's way more tempting to do everything our own way, to go down our own paths, but trust me, the deep joy and peace and everything we honestly seek out of life genuinely comes when we are in full submission to the power of the Holy Spirit. When we let him take the wheel, when we say, you are in charge, you are in control, which does seem alien in a world where control seems to be the goal. We seem to have to have it all together. But actually, when we trust Jesus and we trust the Holy Spirit with our lives, that really is the best way to possibly go. So the first job the Holy Spirit does is outwork the will of the Father. Second job, who wants to come and do the next one? Come on then, boys. Open present number two. The second job that the Holy Spirit does. When you get into that box. <laughs> okay, going to need the microphone. Can one of you read that? And one of you is going to read the bit up in the Bible here. The Holy Spirit helps us to worship Jesus. Excellent, Tom. Thank you. The Holy Spirit helps us to worship Jesus. And where do we see this in the Bible then, Levi? Can you read that for us? So when Elizabeth heard... When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped into her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Excellent. Thank you very much. Right. We have now followed Mary from her house over to her cousin Elizabeth, who we already know is pregnant with John the Baptist. So what we read here in verse 41 is that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens next is she basically goes on to sing one of the most famous worship songs in the Bible, the Magnificat. So the natural progression from being filled with the Spirit is to worship Jesus. She says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, he enables us to worship Jesus. It is by him that we can lift Jesus' name high it is through the power of the Spirit that we can sing worship songs to Jesus, we can glorify him. Um, that is the second job of the Holy Spirit, to help us to worship. 
So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day now, the result, we worship. We worship at home on our own. We worship when we come together. We worship at prayer meetings. We worship in church. And I am here specifically talking about when we use our bodies, when we use our hands, when we use our voices to sing out, speak out praises to Christ the King. We cannot lift Jesus high without the power of the Holy Spirit. So as followers of Jesus, it is both a privilege and it is imperative that we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day. So here comes a question. How are you doing in your worship life? How are you finding corporate worship times when we all come together? It can be really easy to get distracted in worship. Worship is a battle because it glorifies Jesus and Satan doesn't like that. So if you're coming into church on a Sunday and actually you're going, oh, I don't really like the songs the band have chosen. All the drums are a little bit loud. Can't hear that person singing or the person in front of me is making a noise or that kid's doing that. If that's what's filling your head in a worship time in church, can I suggest you ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you afresh? Because when he does that, it lifts our gaze up to Jesus and it helps us to worship Jesus. It gets our eyes back on the one that matters. Okay, I need volunteers for number three. Uh, go on then, Albert. Not going to be outdone by your brother there. Grab someone to come with you. Josh, you're coming up. So this is job number three that the Holy Spirit does. There's scissors there in case you need them. There you go. Well, they're very good, very careful with the present. Are they like this on Christmas Day? Do they to keep it all nice and tidy? No? <laughs> What have we got in there? What is going to be job number three? Yeah, you can probably just rip that one, I reckon. There we go. Right, grab the microphone from Stuart. If one of you could read the paper and one of you read the verse. The Holy Spirit reveals kingdom mysteries. Well done. He reveals things to us, reveals kingdom mysteries. And where do we find this in the Bible? Albert, read that for us, lovely. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Absolutely. So Zechariah. So we've jumped forward. John the Baptist has now been born. Uh, We've jumped forward to the temple. You've got biscuits. I was wondering who was going to get those. (laughs) John the Baptist has been born and he's gone to the temple to be presented and to be named by his dad, Zechariah. Oh, hold on. There we go. There we go. Okay, and this is where he gets named. It's part of the custom. It's what they would do. They would take them to the temple and get them named. And what it says here is that Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. And these are some of the things he said. I'm not going to read the whole bit out because it's quite long, but this is um, what he said. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets of old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. He's basically giving glory to a baby who has not actually yet been born. He's praising God the Father for sending God the Son. So, I think I've gone completely with the wrong thing, haven't I? Did we open the wrong one? Is it reveal? You said reveal kingdom mysteries. Amazing. Yes, sorry. Completely out of that. There we go. 
I've actually read the wrong verse. Ignore all that. When we do the tape, you're going to scrap that last little bit. We're going to go forward even more <laughs> to when Jesus has been born. We'll come back to Zechariah. Jesus has been born, and it says that there was um, in Jerusalem a man named Simeon. Okay, here we go. Let's get back on track. So Jesus has now been born. We've had our nativity plays. Um, been to Bethlehem. He's now eight days old. So we go to the temple, we are in the right place, and there's a man named Simeon, and it says that Simeon was a righteous and devout man. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So Simeon had lived his whole life under a prophetic promise. He lived having had something revealed to him by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the job of the Holy Spirit is to reveal to us kingdom truth and understanding, to shine light into darkness and to give us heavenly insight. So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day, we are able to see and understand things that others can't. We will be given prophetic insight. We will be given glimpses into the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know if some of you are aware of how you hear the Spirit, how you um, have prophetic insight into things, but one of the things that happens quite often with me is I can see people's um, kind of emotions and feelings behind their actions. So if someone's behavior looks a bit weird or you just think, oh, gosh, they're being really moody or stroppy, quite often what I can see behind it is the reason why. And I just thought that was normal. I just thought everybody could do that. But actually, God revealed to me a while ago and said, no, that's my spirit in you. So what that then hopefully does is give me a little bit more grace to deal with any of the behavior you see on the outside because God's given a prophetic and a heavenly insight into what is going on beneath the surface. So being filled with the Spirit looks like seeing pictures, having words of knowledge. It looks like prophetic breaking through in order to bring the kingdom of God on earth, using heaven's power to love and serve people while we're here on earth. So as followers of Jesus, it is both a privilege and it is imperative that we are filled with the Spirit every day. So how are you doing at listening to the Spirit? What are you seeing and hearing in your everyday that maybe you thought was just you, but actually God's going, no, you know, that's my Holy Spirit at work in you that's helping you see that. And how are you using that to bring the kingdom of heaven to the people around you? Okay. And then we're going to do one. Oh, even that's interesting that this got missed out. Okay, let's do number four. Let's have a volunteer. Oh, yeah, right at the back there. We've got Timmy. Are you going to grab Toby? Are you going to grab someone else to come do this with you? Yeah, excellent. This is where we're going to jump back in time because, you know, things go wrong. <laughs> let's have a look. Number four. It should be number four. This is where it could go wrong again. Go on, just rip it open. You got it. Do it as you would on Christmas Day. Yes, Timmy, well done. Very good. I like a lot of mess when you're unwrapping presents. It's how it should be. Well done. You got this. There we go. Well done. Okay, now let's see. What is this one? Is this the right one? Let's have a little look. Who's going to read the sheet for us? Can you grab the microphone, Toby? Uh, sorry, Stuart's got it. Lovely. This is it. This is why I think this went wrong. Into the... 
The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Absolutely. Okay. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Now, actually, I think we've already read the scripture, but if you could read it again for us, Toby, that'd be amazing. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Fantastic. Thank you. So we've already said Zechariah. Thank you, boys. Go and enjoy what is in there. Yeah, you can share them with your mum and dad if you want. You don't have to. <laughs> We've already said Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. And in his prophetic song, in his prophecy, he glorified Jesus. He gave glory to Jesus, which is one of the most important things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit's job is to glorify Jesus. So when we are filled with the Spirit every day, our lives should be giving glory to Jesus every day. Our unsaved friends and family should look at us and just know something is different. The way we speak, the way we do things, the way we deal with money, with people, all of it. There should be something different about us. And that's not by our own striving. That is because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So as followers of Jesus, it is both a privilege and it is imperative that we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day. So how are you doing in giving glory to Jesus in your every day? Are there areas in your life that you know are not glorifying him right now. If there are, and you'll know if they are, because again, the Holy Spirit will be revealing it to you, just give it up to Jesus right now. Just say sorry and go, actually, I'm going to go a different way next year. So as you can see from just these first four gifts, the Holy Spirit is all over the Christmas story. And one of the things I love about the Christmas story is that it's the first chapter in the story of God's beautiful rescue plan. He saw people turn away from him. He saw us turn away, turn their backs on his will and his love and go their own way. And he saw us bring sin into his perfect world and mess it up. And what I love about this story is that this is the point in history where he couldn't wait anymore. He's like, no, I have to come down now. I have to send my son down now. And he sent his son to come down to grab hold of us, scoop us up and Give us the chance to come back into relationship with him. That is how much he loves us. So we're going to just jump forward into the last bit of Jesus' earthly ministry. We're going to fast forward 30 years. I'm going to ask, in fact, for my next volunteer a little bit earlier, so you can be unwrapping it while I talk. You've already done one. Anyone else? You don't have to be under 18. Oh, go on then, Elijah and Joel. Come up and start doing. (laughs) Uh, There are two more. We can get some older people in here. Start unwrapping present number five. So yeah, so we've jumped forward 30 years. Jesus um, and John are not babies anymore, and they meet in the River Jordan. And the reason they meet in the River Jordan is because John is going to baptize Jesus. And we see, as John baptizes Jesus, that the Holy Spirit comes down in bodily form on Jesus um, in the form of a dove. And I think the reason that God sent him down in such a bodily form um, was twofold. One, he was making it crystal clear to everyone who was watching who Jesus was. This is my son. This is not just a lovely teacher. This is my son, and I'm with him. I am well pleased. And secondly, I think he was doing it in such a physical form because it leaves no doubt for the people there watching at the time or for us reading about it now of A, the Holy Spirit's existence, and B, the Holy Spirit's importance. So I think the reason he did that and made such a big deal of sending him down is because the Holy Spirit was vital in the life and ministry of Jesus. I love that you're checking out your sweets, by the way, before you read what you've got. (laughs) So the next job we have got, can I just have a look? Is this the right one? Show me what it is first. (laughs) Yay, awesome. Okay, so the next job of the Holy Spirit, what is it, Joel or Elijah? Who's going to read this one? The whole... 
sorry. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. He leads us and he guides us. Brilliant. Joel, could you read the scripture for us? Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Excellent. Thank you, boys. Enjoy your sweets. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. He led Jesus into the wilderness where he was going to spend 40 days not eating, 40 days fasting and 40 days going into battle with Satan. The job of the Holy Spirit is to lead us, to guide us, to give us direction and it's our job to submit to him, to listen to him and to follow him. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit every day, we are, or we should be, clearer in where we go, what we do, the paths we should go down, the doors we should walk through, all the doors we should shut. It's like we have a constant mentor or teacher we can check everything with, and that brings such comfort because we're not making these decisions on our own. He leads us into the playground, into the classroom, into the office. He tells us who we should talk to, who we should go and say hello to, who needs a hug that morning. All these things matter to him. And he leads and he guides us in the paths we should go down. So as followers of Jesus, it is both a privilege and it is imperative that we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Right, I need someone else. We've got two more presents to open. Go on, Sarah. Hi. Do you want to come with Jonah? You are chomping at the bit. So this is our next one. And whilst they're unwrapping, I just want to ask you the question, how are you doing in allowing the Holy Spirit to guide your steps every day? How are you doing in checking in with him where you should go, what paths you should walk down? How are you doing with making sure he is the one that leads and guides you? Right, oh, they are good at unwrapping presents. Jonah, you've smashed that already. What's it going to be? Look at that. Right, grab the microphone. Can I, can I just check it? <laughs> yep, awesome. <laughs> the Holy Spirit strengthens and empowers us. Absolutely, the Holy Spirit strengthens and empowers us. Can you read the scripture for us as well, Sarah or Jonah, either one yep. of you? Thank then you. Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Right, okay, amazing. Thank you guys, enjoy your sweets. The Holy Spirit empowers us. He strengthens us. Jesus knew he was going into the wilderness to basically do battle with Satan for 40 days, and he was doing it having not eaten a thing. Now, I don't know about you, but I am not good at fasting. And seriously, even after one meal being missed, I am grumpy, and I am useless, and I'm not very nice to be around. 40 days he didn't eat. He knew he was going to be physically weak, and he knew he was going to be emotionally probably a little bit all over the place because remember when Jesus came to earth he was both fully God but he was also fully man so he didn't have like a spiritual override button he could push and go no this doesn't bother me I cannot eat for 40 days I'm fine he would have been physically struggling but he knew what he needed to strengthen him enough to be able to defeat Satan after 40 days of temptation and what he needed was the Holy Spirit so when we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day we have someone there constantly strengthening and empowering us. Life is tough. Life is busy. We have jobs. We have classes. We have families. We have exams. We have kids club. We serve in church. We have relationships to invest in. And it can get a bit much. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I often find life can get a little bit overwhelming. But when you 
do it in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not so hard. When you actually allow the Holy Spirit to be the one you lean on, when you do everything in his strength and his power and not your own, suddenly it's not so difficult. And that is why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. So as followers of Jesus, it is both a privilege and it is imperative that we are filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Can I have two more final volunteers? Go on then, girls. And while they're unwrapping that, let me just ask you, how are you doing with allowing the Spirit of God to be the one that upholds you? Are you getting up every day and doing each day in your own strength? Or are you letting him be the one that strengthens and empowers you? I think this is a tricky one. But it is so, so worth leaning on the power of the Spirit. And that is why God gave him to us. Okay, and then we've got the last one here, girls. Ooh, you got the chocolate. Nice. Right, what is it? Let's have a nice, big, clear voice. The Holy Spirit appoints us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Amazing. The Holy Spirit anoints us to bring the good news of Jesus here on earth. Wait there, I'm going to ask you to read in a sec. We're now jumping into Luke 4, where Jesus is beginning his public ministry, and he's in the temple, and he again is, sorry, in the synagogue, and he is teaching. And he sits down, and he unrolls the scroll, the scroll that they've given to him, which is the book of Isaiah, and he chooses chapter 61, and this is what he reads. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favour has come. There's actually two slides. You've got to keep going. Delta, do you want to do the next bit? No, go on that. Look, it's my kid, by the way. <laughs> he, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently, and he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Amazing. Girls, thank you so much. Enjoy your chocolate. Jesus chose this passage because it was a specific passage for a specific time. He was saying to everyone really publicly, I am not just a lovely Jewish man who travels around teaching nice things. I am the son of God. I am the savior of the world. I am sent down and this is the beginning of my public ministry. He says that the scripture you have read today has been fulfilled in me. And then he further hammers the point home by leaving out the last little bit. I don't know if you remember the bit in Isaiah where this is first written in the Bible. He also talks about the day of the vengeance of our God, but he doesn't read that bit. And that's because he doesn't want us to look forward into the future. He doesn't want to look to the day of the vengeance of our God. He wants us to stop right here, right now with him, Jesus. The day of the Lord's favor has come. He has brought this in. He is bringing in the kingdom. The focus is on Jesus and the fact that he himself is the fulfillment of this Old Testament scripture. He is this passage. He's not just teaching about salvation. He is salvation. He's not just teaching about freedom for the captives. He is freedom for the captives. He's not just teaching about sight for the blind. He is their sight. Everything about this passage, this scripture, comes true in the person of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God sent down to earth, and it comes true in the power of the Holy Spirit. The job of the Holy Spirit is to anoint Jesus and anoint us to bring the truth of the good news of the gospel here on earth. And the kingdom of God looks like freedom for the captives. It looks like healing for the sick, like salvation for the lost, and it's all made possible by God the Father in God the Son, 
through God the Holy Spirit. Christmas, like every day, really is all about Jesus. And if we are in love with Jesus, how can we not be in love with Christmas? How can the first chapter of God's heavenly rescue story not set our hearts on fire and make us reach for the mulled wine and the tinsel? We have something huge to celebrate in this season. Huge. And I know that there are going to be some of us here who are in an earthly place where everything looks great. And there are some of us here who are going to be in an earthly place where things look rubbish and they look hopeless. And there will be some of us here in an earthly place where we're exhausted and weary. And there will be some of us here in an earthly place where we are grieving. But the thing about Jesus is that he is love. And he rushes in to bind up the brokenhearted and bring comfort to those who mourn. And if we know and love Jesus, although we may be in the world, we're not of it. So whatever our earthly situation We have heavenly eyes that we can lift through the Spirit's power to our Savior, to our Emmanuel. And we can see the true glory of this season and rejoice in what it means and the hope that it brings. Jesus came down at Christmas to rescue us. He died on a cross for you and for me and he rose again and he conquered death for all time. And when he ascended back up into heaven, that wasn't the end. He didn't leave us alone He gave us the best gift, the second best gift, the Holy Spirit. The same spirit who was there at the beginning of creation. The same spirit by whom Jesus was conceived in Mary. The same spirit who caused Elizabeth to worship and Zechariah to prophesy and Simeon to see. The same spirit who announced to the world who Jesus was and anointed him for ministry. The same spirit who led Jesus into the wilderness and held him firm when Satan was trying to take him down. The same spirit through whom Jesus healed and saved and delivered and set captives free and brought the kingdom of heaven here on earth. The same spirit who brought Jesus up out of the grave lives in us and we can be filled with this same Holy Spirit every day. So let's sum it all up and bring it into land. The Holy Spirit outworks the will of the Father in our lives. The Holy Spirit helps us to worship Jesus. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit brings revelation The Holy Spirit leads and guides us. The Holy Spirit strengthens and empowers us. And the Holy Spirit anoints us to bring the good news of the gospel here on earth. And in case you're not yet convinced as to why we need the Holy Spirit, the reason we need the Holy Spirit every day is because Jesus needed the Holy Spirit every day. We are all about Jesus. We follow the model of Jesus. So if Jesus needed the Spirit to get through the day, so do we. If Jesus needed the Spirit to do the will of the Father, so do we. If Jesus needed the Spirit to know what to do, where to go, who does, so do we. We live in a spiritual battle. And if we go out of the house in the morning without the Holy Spirit, it's like walking onto a battlefield without our armor on. We are weak, we are vulnerable, and we will get taken out by every little struggle that comes our way if we don't live and walk every day in the power of the Spirit. It was when Jesus was filled with the Spirit that he healed the sick, that he raised the dead, that he delivered people from demons, that he preached good news with boldness and results. If he needed the power of the Holy Spirit to do all those things, how much more do we? Can I ask the worship team to come back up?
So living life in the spirit every day for us in this room looks like speaking good news every day. It looks like showing good news every day. It looks like being all about Jesus every day. So who are you speaking the good news of Jesus to this Christmas time? Who are you showing the good news of Jesus to this Christmas time? How are you being the kingdom of heaven here on earth this Christmas time? And are you asking the Holy Spirit daily to fill you up this Christmas time? Jesus is Christmas. There is no Christmas without the Son of God. He is the best gift and the best gift giver. Now, Christmas is a lovely time of year if you are not saved and you don't know Jesus. But it is truly amazing and special when you understand that at the very heart of the sparkle, the glitter, the celebration, the rapping, the songs, is the Son of God himself. Something about this season connects deep with your soul and sets your heart alight when you really grasp that it is all about Jesus. The Son of God, the Son of Man, the wonderful counsellor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. So I'm just going to ask you, as we finish, just to stand with me if you can. And I would just like to pray for us all. And then we're going to sing our final Christmas songs and go out of 2022 lifting Jesus' name high. If we're filled with the Spirit every day, our lives will give glory to Jesus. Our words will give glory to Jesus. The way we love and serve others will give glory to Jesus. The way we love and lead our families will give glory to Jesus. The decisions we make with our money and our time will give glory to Jesus. Jesus is an incredible gift to us from God the Father. And the Holy Spirit is an incredible gift to us from Jesus the Son. Not just for Christmas, but for every day. So I know we've got kids coming back in, but can I just ask you, if you want to, just to literally hold out your hands. And I'm just going to pray for the Spirit to fill us as we go out into this Christmas season. Holy Spirit, I pray you come and you fall in this place now. I pray that you come and you fill every single person up in this room now to go out into this Christmas season and beyond, to live lives that worship Jesus, to live lives that love like Jesus did, to bring good news to the poor and pray expectantly for and see healing and to proclaim the year of the favor of our God. Holy Spirit, I pray you come now to give life and life in all its fullness. I pray you come now to strengthen and empower. I pray you come now and you guide us and you lead us and you fill us up. And I pray you come now so that you will enable us to be people who lift high and glorify Jesus Christ the Son. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit every day, if we are all about Jesus every day, then whether there's a sparkly tree in your living room or lights wrapped around your house, it really can be Christmas every day. Jesus, you are good. Amen.